I was going to say, wasn't that two plays? Go ahead and play in the mud. I thought we were going for a three-peat. We usually nah, go man. three sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I didn't know. I was like, hold up. Is it back-to-back like Drake or whatever, whatnot? Sound probably tripping, man. But welcome back to another episode of Mud Podcast, man. Episode 61. Six I'm your boy, Twandy the Student. What's happening? This is your boy, Green, a.k.a. Alton, and we live on a real Mud Monday. On a real Mud Monday, Labor Day. Um, So this will be dropping today for those that... Um, you know, shout out to all of our YouTube, you know, uh, subscribers, all of our listeners via Anchor and all other platforms. And we back with another one, man. I mean, you know, we slinging mud. Hey, we slinging mud. Actually, what happens when you mix an earth sign with a water sign? You get mud. While others throw dirt, we slang mud. Mud, baby. baby. So we back at it again. You know, a special guest in the building, a rotating guest. Shout out to Low Smith. Yo, yo. Superior car detailing. We understand. Superior mobile detailing. Oh, Superior mobile detailing. I always fuck the always. name up. It's always. It's like a constant shit. Always fuck the name up. It's man. like a rib. Uh, yeah, I'm this sorry, Low Smith. Low Smith should be the ghost host until he gets his actual time absolutely. to so, yeah, set absolutely. in with us. We're going to let y'all, um, you know, close this thing out uh, with the. See? Superior mobile detailing family. <laughs> He's going to get it right, right there. He's going to get it right. He's going to put that up right there. Damn, I, I can't set the thing right there. Can't see it. I don't know can't if they can see it. I don't, I don't know. know. We're going to set it up right there anyway. Like a placeholder, though. There we go. But, uh, but yeah, man, so, you know, um, how was the week? Everything? Oh, man, everything you was... Know, NBA bubble, things bubbling. Uh, everything was great for me, bro. I've been off for the past five days. I took a real-life mental health break, you know, just uh, some time off. I had it. Use your PTO if you got it. Floating holidays and whatnot. I just been loafing the butter, man. Really had some quality time with the family this week. Uh, got out to the pool, played some nice. tunes, some tune. dominoes. Big tune. You know what I'm saying? Just loafed out, man. It, it's necessary. Uh, for me, kind of hard to relax. So just learn to relax, big dog. That's all I've been doing. All right, all right. Yeah, man. It was a cool week for me. Eventful weekend. I hosted a wedding yesterday. You know that was dope. Bring it back, raise uh, the roof. You know, mm-hmm. one of my best friends came in town. Shout out to Goat. Shout out to Jeff. You no know, surprise. We had a little wood reunion. Um, you know, if anybody's seen that movie, uh, so that was pretty dope to, to chill with the fellas, man. So shout out to everybody out there. Um, but other than that, you know, we here, hey. you know what I'm saying? We, 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 we here, man. We doing our thing. Um, we're fresh out the kitchen, right? He just whipped up some burgers and fries for Labor yeah, Day. Yeah, you know, a little Labor Day, a little Labor Day meal, a little Labor Day meal, you know, trying to do the thing, trying to be like him, best damn burger. You know what I'm saying? Best so. damn burger, you know, trying to be like him. But we got some dope topics for y'all today. Uh, like I said, we're going to have our ghost host, Low Smith and A. Close it out with our continued soul contract, soul ties topic, um, and definitely brothers to, to, to speak on it. Um, you know, last week was so in depth, and you know, got a good response. So this we're week just gonna keep it keep it going. My bad, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's just usually how our conversation goes. Um, it's kind of like a tie-in, basically, from a topic that you started a couple weeks ago with a right. good doctor. Um, so after that show, you know, I made a call out to the the shaman, Lois Mitch. He was definitely mm. down to talk on these topics. Of yes. Today just is part two of the soul contract and going into soul ties, soulmates, uh, sexual demons, mm. and bad frequencies. There we go. So we're going to get, get into it. Um, in the meantime, we got, do got a, a couple other topics. I was actually watching um, Dr. Boyce Watkins. Okay. And I was watching his, uh, his interview. And for those that know Ice Cube and... I mean, just from when he left NWA, I mean, he was he was the one that wrote Fuck the Police um, after the encounter they had and always been very socially aware, socially conscious. 
Um, and obviously lately with the things that's been going on and Ice Cube has just really took the gloves off. Of course. You know, and this is what happens when you own your own shit. And you know, you own your own platform and things of that sort. Um, one of the things big that Ice Cube has done uh, is this um, contract for America. He says a black contract, right? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, I just want An actual black contract? I just want to go over some... some Cause it's pretty in, in, in depth. depth. So you said yeah, I mean he was he was on um, Dr. Boyce Walking Show, uh, and you know they were kind of just talking about it, and apparently it's supposed to be some kind of declaration, you know, for our people, um, for us by us, you know, and like he said, there's nothing in here that is hard to do, nothing in here that we shouldn't have already been, you know, probably getting, but just to go over some of the things that he has here, it's a 26 page contract. That's a, that's a big thing because uh, until he brought this to my attention today, I wasn't aware that I'm, I'm tapped into certain social platforms. But for those who are not in the know, this is a great uh, FYI like uh, type thing to let us know about a contract. And you said it was put together by him and a couple of other constituents. Yeah, a couple right? uh, a couple of his partners. Um, one of the the, the most notable notable names there, Hamilton, um, Chris Bouchard, who was already my main working, man Broussard. He was already working on something, so you know he just got his head in. And like I said, it's pretty in depth. Uh, some of the things here, man, um, and you can go, all you got to do is Google Ice Cube uh, Contract with Black America, and it takes you right to the to the, to the the website if you want to give the website information. But it's a 26-page contract. Some of the things that it has here are black opportunity and representation. The case for neo-reconstruction. Uh, neo-reconstruction is an aggressive initiative meant to redress past wrongs systematically, imposed on black Americans economically throughout many generations. Wrongs that have been severe, um, severe negative, have had severe negative impact on African Americans, both economically and educationally. The specific case and plan for near uh, reconstruction is presented later in the document. A uh, commission will immediately be formed, empowered, um, to quickly put the plan to action. So, you know, uh, some of the stuff that they have here um, massive bank lending and finance reform. Um, you know, I thought this was pretty cool. That's and, a big thing. And all of these things, family, you can go and search. Judicial it's and public policy reform. Uh, all in depth. Constitutional amendment, co uh, codifying expansion of the 13th Amendment by the courts. Police reform. And they have all these things under here in regards to specifically specific reform listen to this one of the things about police reform residency requirements 90 percent of police must live within 25 miles of uh, jurisdictions they work in 65 percent must live within the jurisdiction itself they don't police forces should demographically reflect communities they serve in the case of partners at least one lives within the uh, the jurisdiction because I know cops say that that's a lot of uh, a lot of their uh, a lot of their fear. Um, so that's a part of police reform, entertainment, uh, industry reform, and, rep and reparations, mandatory funding of black studios by the largest uh, Hollywood studios, record companies, and television studios and networks compensate for years of lack of support, stereotyping, and damage to black culture. Each will be required to fund in uh, to fund an amount yearly. Black studios will own and produce content by black creators and will be run primarily by black leadership. 
Content can be licensed to major studios. For a race to thrive, it must be able to create art that reflects its own views of the world. Racism still runs rampant through our society and Hollywood is providing the instruction manual. So again, I can go on and on and on. Um, you can find Black this. Americans' responsibility. So one of the things that he talked about that, again, we talked about on the last show, or I talked about, was kind of, as he referred to it, as burning the candle on both ends. Both ends. You understand what I'm saying? And so I love the fact that he has this in here. This is on page nine. Chronic poverty creates an atmosphere full of negativity, frustration, hopelessness, depression, alcoholism, drug abuse, crime, and violence. These are some conditions that plague the black community which dealing with extreme generational poverty. As we begin to gain social and economic equality, it is our duty to clean up ourselves and our community. Now, this ain't no all lives matter shit that he talking about up in this thing. No, 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 no. Okay? Exactly. This contract is a two-way street. As we gain social and economic equality, we must begin to dissolve in bitterness within our hearts for past wrongs. We must step up after we pass the contract with black America, no more excuse left in the kittle. Our entertainers should be persuaded to deliver more positive content that leads our youth to make better choices in life. A new pride must develop with these new opportunities and we must fight against negativity, frustration, hopelessness, depression, alcoholism, drug abuse, crime, and violence. Falsifying documentation to establish dissent from an enslaved person punishable as a crime. Black businesses who receive loans per loaning reforms with over 100 employees will employ at least 50% non-black employees. Uh, for all Americans, completion of rehabilitation programs for at least 28 days for the first offense for illegal drug possession. So this is self-accountability that I'm reading here. Yeah, so that. again, uh, please go through this, man. But I think this is dope. What are your thoughts on some of the, some of the things here? Uh, I think how we are... First and foremost, you can find this at IceCube.com. Okay. For everybody who wants to take a look at it, it's a PDF that you can download to your phone. It's very interesting that this was released uh, on July 1st. And, um, gosh, it's kind of September, and I'm just really hearing about this one here. Um, I like how it takes accountability for the race to take accountability for itself. Because you can't be asking for all of this in result of the conditions that they put us in, which is true. And then when it starts to get acknowledged and starts to get accepted and fixed, you still acting a damn fool. Exactly. You know, one of the things that Steve Harvey said the next morning after Obama had, was, uh, was elected was that black people no longer have an excuse in regards to you can be anything other than the president. You know, and we've seen how our communities continued and that's a different story. But I love the accountability because that's what I was talking about last week. We're not talking about stop the protest for police brutality and all the other systemic things that causes the frustration. But what we're saying is at the same time, just as loud as the argument is about something being unjust from a police, something has to be as loud being unjust with our people. And I know the excuse can be where well, the police are here to protect us, but we look like each other. We should be the first ones that protect ourselves. I mean, the first one killing ourselves. The police should have a blueprint. In regards to how black people protect themselves. Like, yo, okay, we're going to uphold the principles of what they have in regards to protecting themselves. Because we act like we don't know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? And that same cop that come up and jack you up and all this other stuff, you take your frustration out on a brother and the frustration is really with the other motherfucker. Exactly. But because they've pumped so much fear in you, 
it's easier for you to kill someone that look like you based on the conditions you're in and stuff like that. Because the only person you see is not the person that created these conditions, but the person that is in these conditions with you. Now you're conditioned, as you were using this word, condition a lot to kill each other. Um, as I read a little excerpt from the article, and it says, Will a nation that prides itself on being one nation under God with liberty and justice for all realize that it has never achieved that? A nation lying to God, the justice wasn't for all. Will a nation whose people put their own children in bondage ever pay for what they have done to themselves? Wow. Only when America admits the founders' lies can we begin to heal. It's, and, and I, uh, it's go like ahead. a purging. No, no, no. It's like a purging. The founding forefathers. Go ahead, bro. I always say that, though. You know, it's just like when you hurt a woman. That woman may get a new boyfriend or she may move on with her life. But that healing doesn't truly start until the abuser or whoever comes and say, you know what? I was wrong in my part of that. Exactly. There may have been some things that you did as well, but I was wrong in just the condition that I put you in for you to react. Like that. But man, um actually it starts before that. Mm. You don't you ain't gonna always get no closure. You ain't right. always gonna get no apology. So the healing process is all up to you. It is. It don't absolutely. matter if somebody come to you and apologize or not. Like that's just that's a self that's a self journey as far as healing goes. Like, cause men need to heal just as much as women need to heal. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you know, they focus more on the women and say this, that, and the third. But and I use that because I'm a man and I think yeah, women. Yeah, yeah, I you know what I'm saying? And most, and most men who are doing the hurting, they need to heal. Yeah. What didn't hurt them? Yeah, no, I, you know I, absolutely. And, and vice versa. And with using this analogy, what I meant is also, let me back it up a little bit. Not only whether it's male or female. Yeah. But continuing to create those conditions and environment. And that's what we have. To continue to create the toxicity. That's the problem. You feel what I'm saying? So America can't say, America can't say, get over this or get over that. And when we start doing self-healing like Black Wall Street and other stuff like that, you still want to come back in our lives, say that you changed. You know what I'm saying? Say that you're going to recognize me as a person and you're going to love me how you say you love me, how I love you. But you still create these conditions and it's going to be some point where I'll say, you know what, motherfucker? You interrupting my peace. Every time I come around or every time I get to the point where I'm over your ass and I say, okay, well, you don't want to fuck because your behavior has shown me, follow the analogy, family, your behavior has shown me you don't want to fuck with me. As much as you say you fuck with me, you don't. your behavior shows me you don't want to fuck with me. So when I try to go over here, don't get mad. And that's for male or female. So it's the same analogy that I use with America. Stop putting me in the... If you're truly sorry, let me heal. Like you said, you ain't got to recognize it. You ain't got to recognize it. But don't do things to ignore the hurt that happened and still do things systemically for I can't... So I can't get over the situation. Man, no other race has been set behind purposely... Like black America. Like I said, the, the laws that were made uh, for a housing funding that were lending, uh, were combined Which with redlining. Which is one of the things that's in right? there, yeah. And so you got to think about something. Back when houses were, and again, for every white dollar a family makes, a black family makes 10 cents out of that. That's equal to, you know what I mean, how much of a, a economic mm. head start they have on us, right? We're already 250 years behind, right? So think about of that 10 cents that the black family makes, how much of that actually goes back 
into the black community. And we know these numbers and we know those right? stories. And so this is something that, you know, and you've always had just certain little things. Then shout out to all the people before Marcus Garvey, Noble Drew Ali. I mean, just every uh, elder and ancestor that came with some kind of blueprint. But this right here is constructed under the modern day system that we live in. You see what I'm saying? A lot of the stuff that a lot of the, the brothers and sisters created was under what the world was at that time. Exactly. You know, when we talk about, I was looking at something um, about the year return in, in Ghana. And a lot of, you know, African Americans, for, for lack of a better term, um, are going there. You know, and going back there. You know, I know Akon was, was preaching, hey man, y'all gotta, if, if you really want to build something, you're not going to be able to build it in America. I mean, he kept it real with the whole light situation. He said, I would have been shut down in America if yeah. I tried to provide electricity. I would have been shut down if I'm trying to create an industry like that. You know, and I don't know, family, you know, if this contract gets ignored, if this election goes the way a lot of y'all black folks want it to go, and at the end of those four years or however long potentially Biden, Biden may stay in and shit's still the same, man, niggas may look to piece the fuck out. You may have to, bro. I you mean, know what I'm saying? You may you may have to look the piece. To, and I understand the disconnect. And I understand that families, you know, because, you know, my aunt told me that part of my heritage is Creek Indian. You know, so we have family that grew and died on this land. But if you're not going to fight for that actual thought process, if you're not going to say we not going nowhere because my grandmama died on this land, my grandfather died on this land, we got blood on this land. If you're not going to be willing to shed the same blood that you saying that they did and to keep you here, then you got to fucking leave. If at the end of the day, the only thing left is fighting. So if you going to say, well, my, I got people that put blood in on this land and you're not willing to do the same thing for the same people that's keeping you here on this land. What the hell are you here for? So it's, 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 it's something that is should be deeply considered. Consider being considered, and I, again, I know a lot of my anti-Afrocentric brothers out there, my Moorish brothers, you know, those that are Aboriginal, all that, I, I understand all of that, but at the end of the day, if shit ain't changing for us over here from a law standpoint, and you got a 26-page contract that's letting you know how you can help reconstruct the black community and the black families on top of shit that we need to do as well, and that's still being ignored, then I don't know what the fuck that we supposed to be doing as a people. Man, it ain't too because much. genocide is going on with police brutality and all the systemic shit they putting us in and you can add food in there too with the street violence of shit that we doing along with Planned Parenthood we gonna be up out of here we gonna be up out of here you can't survive it's not a game set up for you to win it's a game set up for you to lose that's what I'm saying this is like an unfair advantage it's like almost like being a one legged man in an ass kicking contest you know what I mean? For real, for real. When you look at it because you're not designed to win this, so you have to figure out ways to kind of cheat code the game. You know what I mean? And the best way that I know is you better get your coins up and be economically visible. Which is what it says in the contract saying, although capital capitalism is a good system, you can't be successful without access to capital. Capital. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's why for me personally, I got my own thoughts about capitalism. I don't think that you can run a successful capitalist society without there being a poor class. And that's my problem with capitalism. 
that's my problem with capitalism. That's really out of the box. Yeah, if, if everybody's not thriving off of it. Right. That's, you, that, really that's mandatory. Yeah. Like, if you look at any movies or anything like that, and you see a capitalist system within that, it's always a poor class. Man, I mean, look at, uh, you ever watch the movie Snowpiercer? Mm-hmm. This the end of the world, y'all. They got him in the back of the train. This the end of the world, meaning that the only people in the world is on this train, yep. and you still got the poor people and the rich people. have poor people and rich people. Mm-hmm. Still! Mm-hmm. Like, you would think that human beings would learn their lesson in regards to treating everybody fairly, everybody equal, like, yo, we the only motherfuckers on here. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? Still ain't giving a fuck. And you still not giving a damn. You feel what I mean? So it's like, when you take that and you look at that, it's like, man, how much more longer that we have to ask ourselves? Fuck asking them. We have to ask ourselves, how much more longer are we going to allow ourselves to be disenfranchised? Because I tell you this, if you went to school and there was a bully that was bullying you, eventually you're going to whoop his, his or her ass. Pretty much. Eventually. You are not going to not stop getting bullied until you stand up to that bully and either let that bully know you're capable of whooping his ass or you at least going to fight. Or it actually happens and you whoop his ass. Mm-hmm. That's eventually what the point is going to have to come to, family. Pretty much. I know we try to ignore that. I know it's a lot happen. of people say we're not in the position for that. It's got to happen. But unless we leave this motherfucker and say, you know what, you got it. But if we're going to do the opposite and say, I'm not going to damn where this is my house. I whoop, do, whoop, do, whoop, do, whoop. You got to be willing to do the things to say, okay, this is what it's going to be. So it takes that militant mind frame. Absolutely, it and does. That's not. Seems like I, the melanated people only have a militant mind frame when it comes to taking it out upon one another. But it goes back to that you mental, that mental condition. You know, I say black people have mental, a mental it illness. It is deep. It's a mental it's illness in deep. regards to the condition that we have been put into to condition us to say, "I don't like him." You understand what I'm saying? And 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 that is something that we have to acknowledge. We have to get um with studies, with past studies. I mean, uh um if you if you guys can look up Dr. uh uh Kumwaza uh Kunjafu, who has a great, great uh lecture and a great book called um The Conspiracy to Kill Black Boys, countering the conspiracy to kill black boys. It all starts at a youth. It all starts when these men are boys. And if they don't have the foundation to be men, they're just going to be grown-ass boys. And the decisions in their women, the decisions in the type of lifestyle they live, all of that is going to be affected and it's perpetuating a cycle. That's why these movies in the 90s were so prevalent when, when John Singleton, God bless him, dead, brought us boys in the hood. You know, everybody talk about black-on-black crime. If you pull up boys in the hood, the first thing that comes on boys in the hood that John Singleton put on there is a dissertation about Black on black crime. That actual term was coined by John Singleton. It was a big thing in the 90s that are with gang violence and everything like that that they were trying to solve. Like, yo, let's stop black on black crime. Now it's being used against us. So I understand the people out there that say, well, what they got to do with police brutality? It has nothing to do with it. And it's being used against us so much that now we get to it. We, we, we excuse that argument or we ignore the argument. But this is something that we've been fighting against for years. Shout out to Big U in California, who's been gang reforming for years. Well, that's stopping black on black violence. Thug life rules, what Tupac created, that was to stop or control black on black violence. Just because it's being used negatively by them to counter us 
don't mean that we should not be recognizing it and accepting the fact that it is true because everyone says proximity. Well, guess what? And I always say this. I live in it. My girl said the other day, she said, man, I didn't realize how many black families was in this neighborhood. I say, that's why it's not proximity. It just happened too. It's not proximity why black people are killing each other. I live in a neighborhood where I'm on a block with five black families. You drive out of my block, every other house is a black family. It's not proximity, it's condition. And if we, if we address the conditions within this contract that Ice Cube written out, then we will understand that where we are, we can improve ourselves. We understand that they redlined us here. We understand that, but we have to take care of our communities to where when a brother get a little bit of money, he don't feel he got to move away. So question, um, as we were speaking earlier, and you're speaking of like Snowpiercer, and which is, could be a simile for life with the head and the tail, right? The, the Bible often speaks of the head and the tail, and we speak of capitalism and a society that we live in where capitalism would be a society where everybody thrives, correct? Kind of to a certain extent. That would more so be socialism. Socialism? What capitalism does is it gives everybody a chance to get it. The problem is when you systemically put things in place where everybody can't get it and then so, nepotism is created within there. Well, negative nepotism, because if I had a, a family owned business, of course, I'm a lookout for my family. But the negative nepotism, if my fucking cousin is a fuck nut and Los is the better candidate, then fuck you, cuz you're going to have to exactly. continue to work janitorial. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to put a dickhead in charge just because his last name is Clark. That's the problem with nepotism. So capitalism creates all these other things that keep everybody down and creates a 1%. That's the problem with capitalism. It's not even like 1%, actually. It's like also like a 5% of... It's only 5% of the world's uh, population that makes 66% of the world's economy. Which how you going to fight against that if you if you That's people. the whole point of If you the that. people, how you going to fight against that? When you speak of haves and have-nots, how can have-nots ever have if the the gap in the race is so large? And we speak of like again systematic racism and we talk about redlining and again back in the days when housing authority were getting their funding to build new neighborhoods, houses were going for $9,000, which is a marginal price that anybody could pay for, black or white, right? But when you have a law written in saying that you cannot sell the blacks or you will not get this funding. So the whites who now buy these houses in the, in, in the 30s and 40s, right? These houses now go down in generations, right? Uh, they appreciate the 200, 200 grand probably right about now. Probably around 500 grand right now in today's prices. And back then you probably had to buy the land too. Exactly. So think about all the financing and refinancing and generational wealth that is caused off of just this one $9,000 house, right? So generations were buying their houses off the equity that was created off of this piece of land. The same land that they said when we set you free, you'd get 40 acres of it and a mule. So, Which would, if you think about what that would have done generationally. Oh, man. Like, even if you're coming up with a hard number in regards to the whole reparations thing, right? Like, all you got to do is just take 40 acres and a mule and times that by how many years since the emancipation. And, and, and distribute that. Man. You know what I'm saying? You factor in inflation and all that other shit. Man, I guarantee you it's in the billies. You don't, it's not complicated. But taking their money ain't going to cause nothing but another problem. Taking their money is not going to cause anything. And this is why I love within that contract how he talks about rehabilitation centers. Because I'm driving down, you know, Paramore, um, going, going to a, another location of a protest. And I'm just looking at all these fiends and shit. I'm like, man, you know, I, at the time, the Bob Johnson thing was out. You know, the whole 300 
fifty thousand for every black, you know, person. And I'm like, how is this? How am I, how is this brother gonna get three hundred fifty thousand? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How is this fiend on the corner gonna get three hundred and fifty thousand? There will have to be some kind of rehabilitation centers set up and programs set up and say, okay, each step that you pass, you get this amount. And it has to be invested here, and it has to be because we got a lot of mental cleanup to do, like Los just said. Man. You know what I'm saying? What what did uh 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 you the entertainer's character said in, in Barbershop when they was talking about reparations? He said niggas ain't gonna do nothing but buy Cadillac. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we understand what our habits are when we get money. You know, when you see a white man and he got money, you can only tell by his timepiece. Mm-hmm. Maybe his car. Yeah. Maybe his car. His timepiece. A brother got money or think he got money. You're going to tell about his car, his clothes, his dope. You know what I'm saying? You, he's he's going to let you know. So we have to, but that comes from how it's looked at for us, right? Because we don't have access to it. We don't. So when a brother come up, what's the first thing you say? I got it out the mud. Ain't nobody doing shit for me. And it creates this mentality because us as a people don't have access to the capital. It's not generational wealth. So I think the, um, the music... Shit, I'm a part of the music industry. Again, um, channels that fucking image into... It perpetuates per- it. Perpetuates that image and channels it right into the community to that's what you think is rich or, you know, hey, man, I ain't knocking you, bro. Right. You got it, spend it. And, but. and even in, within our culture, again, when we talk about not the under, not having the understanding and access to generational wealth, when we grew up, when we grew up, if a dude came from money, that was shunned upon. Ah oh, man, he you know what I'm saying. He, he got money, man. That nigga got money. Man, he don't need to rap, man. That nigga got money. He, you know what I'm saying. Oh, he he got money, dog. You know, he, you know. You can't even sit at the table on the other side if you don't come from money. You can't even sit at the table. But we shun it because again, the lack of that. So once we learn these things, once we know these things, that's why I recommend every at parent that got an at risk youth, sit your youth down, make them watch Thirteenth. Make them under show them the understanding of how this shit was systematically created on purpose. And once if you cut that movie off after that and they don't feel stupid or they don't feel duped or they don't feel bamboozled in regards to how how the how they got caught up in the system, then I don't hey, I don't know. And that is where the problem comes in. It's more because since the mental fuck shit is so deep. Right. Most people shun new information, right? Because it goes against what they've been believing for so long. You know what I mean? Absolutely and right. It's and it'd be a hard fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, to get people to actually even just take a look at certain shit. It's like oh, you right. Love. We can be telling them the same thing that the people on the news tell them, but because it's coming from you, the they're not gonna believe it. It's gonna be questioned. The source. But if they say it, no questions asked. Do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm telling you and, and showing you proof. Like, look, what they telling you is bullshit. It's the whitest right concept. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I ain't trying to change who you, what you believe and how you are. Because that's your truth. But just think about it. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just think about it. Oh, no, 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 no. I ain't saying nothing. You know but yeah, I mean? no, I mean, it goes back to the illusion of inclusion. Yeah. White is right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, even when you see the most successful brothers, it's shit now. Back in the 90s, it was a white woman. Now it's almost like they have to have a... a, a and it ain't anti-Semitic. It's the truth. Jewish white man as a partner. Yeah. It's 10 cents for the dollar for you black see Americans. You see it. 12 cents for the dollar for Latinos. It's like... Dre couldn't make beats by Dre without Jimmy Iovine. Mm-hmm. 
Not oh, they used the name. They used his name just to boost the product. That's he didn't really it. have no stake in the product. Yeah. It's like you really you make billions, but they made billions. They made way more. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all I'm saying, bro. This ain't no anti semitic I'm just keeping it, it real be, it in regards to what done. the model is. It can be done because think about it, bro. It's actually honestly enough black millionaires, multimillionaires in the world for us to do some shit that they can actually take the first steps to try and do it. But man, I was reading about the boule the other day, man. Boy, and uh, I'm gonna be real uh, with you. Uh, the boule is one of the reasons why we still in the position that we in. We too strong of a people for they non-creative, weak ass to keep us in there. You have to have help. When you keep a people down this long and not even have to continue to put hands on them, or even if you put hands, that is with the help of certain people within that actual group. Hey man, Let's just keep it fucking yeah. real. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people in the group don't want you to get to the point where they're at. Nope. That's just that's just True what that is. People want to see you make it, but not as far as them. And that was the reason why Marcus Garvey and W.E.B. Du Bois was beefing. W.E.B. Du Bois was in the boule. Some bourgeois, bourgeois niggas. Hey, it's called Bankhead and Buckhead for a reason, right? Bankhead and Buckhead for a reason. Yeah. We see this. The extinguished gentlemen, like I, the intelligent black dudes, opposed to saying, this is going to be a representation of black people being intelligent. Opposed to intelligent black people, because now, just like them, you get to choose who's intelligent or not. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> but Marcus Garvey, with no social media, with no nothing, had a million people on board. For that back to Africa joint. Because he realized what I was talking about earlier. Man, these motherfuckers don't want us over here. Uh, back then it was easier to kind of, I think in my opinion, to conjoin the people and just kind of rile up the people and group them together. Now we have so much free will and free choice, man. And there's so much Always out there. I mean, do we? I mean, if you think you don't hear about it because it's hidden. Shit, I don't think there a were a lot of our people. There were a lot of they our people there. that were yeah. against what was going on in the civil rights movement and how it was being done. There was a lot of our people that wasn't about that peaceful yeah. turn the other cheek integration shit. There was a you talk if you out there you talk to some of your grandparents if they you lucky they still have them alive or whatever. Ask them how they felt about integration. Yeah. I'm just like ask them how they felt about it at the time. And that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. A lot of them. How many of them give a fuck? Ask them how they felt. They'll tell you. We didn't need that shit. You know what I mean? There's people out there like us who are who are striving for that type of knowledge and that type of reform, but there's many out there who are systematically, however you want to call it, mind fucked or whatever, whatever, who enjoy sitting out in the corner peddling the dope, doing what the fuck uh, well, they then do. Maybe it need to be a civil war, but hey, you know listen. what I'm saying? Uh, what I'm saying, you're, you're saying, how, ask how many of them what they think about doing or whatever they want to do, and there's a lot of them out there. Because hey, man, when we trying to get to a certain place and you motherfuckers in the way, it's either get down or lay down. It's going to get to a point where it's get down and lay down. And if you ain't by trying to uplift the community and put it in its rightful place, you anti-black as well. I'm, I'm against anything anti-black. Anything anti-black that ain't putting us in a better position to get any kind of power economically, educationally, and from a liberational standpoint, I'm anti-black. I don't give a damn what it is. Gang banging, all that shit. Now, I understand the condition, I understand, but when you are brought the information, if you choose to then move forward and do the same thing, nigga, you gotta go. It's how many, your boy sold uh, your boy out for 300 bucks, right? It's crazy, man. 
You sold them off three hundred bucks. How many more is out there? That's the thing. That's where the re-education process needs to come in, because there's so many blanketed under the guise of there's only one way out. Right? You say you can say the conditioning and what you see every day. Um, right? We come from a traditionally slave town, Sanford, Florida. I remember at one point in time when Shit, this I'm right here in Kobe, Florida. We know about that Kobe massacre. Exactly happened when Trayvon Martin was killed, trying to go through a city and talk to individuals about what happened in their city and how they like to change it. And they didn't give a fuck as long as they can continue to move the 50 pack. And they you, wouldn't and, even and, and, talk. And you think about it, the only dude that even got arrested and convicted for trying to take that motherfucker out was a white man. And a lot of people, you know what they told me? He wasn't from Sanford. It didn't matter if he was black or a youth. This is what they said to me. He wasn't from Sanford. That's crazy. So Right? And those <laughs> same rallies, and not to say anything to say this to say that, but when uh, your boy Al Sharpton was fucking in, in town... You know how many people showed up, but when local people tried to do that same thing, how many followed them? And a lot of their reasoning was because I know mother, so-and-so ain't about shit. I ain't following behind them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But our Sharpton ain't about sh- You see what I'm saying? It's so much that breaks down in our community that we have to start really, really healing this inside. And if this black contract can bring us together to do so, right, um, starting with feelings, mental health, uh, the reparations go deeper than money, like you say. Way deeper than money. Um, you, you can't start with money when you're talking about reparations because it's to restore. It's to repair. You know, they didn't take our money when they fucked us up. Oh, fuck. They didn't. They took our that. mind. They took our ability to educate ourselves. They took our ability to understand who we are. That's what you got to repair first. When you see uh, the living uh, people from Black Wall Street mm. who are scared to talk about it to this day because they fear that it will happen again. I think they got a lawsuit going on and the leading person yeah. is a 105-year-old survivor. Yeah. Now, you think about it. 105 years old, just like with the pandemic, that person was 6'7 at the time. So Yeah, exactly. Mental disorders, as we were going to speak about, are going to come out of that. And you think about this again. So if you're 105 now, how many generations came from up under you, right? And how many of those generations were born into fear? Mm. And that same systematic issue that started with Black Wall Street continues in Tulsa, Oklahoma to this fucking day. That's crazy. And that's just that. That's crazy. Generations of, of fear and what that put in, and, and hence why, even though they tried to rebuild it, it was never as prestigious. You done broke them, um, bro. Chicken George shit. You done yeah, broke them. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of, I guess I will say, the right time to choose when to fight. Man. Right? This past week, Steve Nash got hired as the Brooklyn Nets coach. Correct. Okay. Um, to give it context, former MV, former league MVP, former two-time Finals MVP, former two-time champion, and former one-time champion Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are on this team, right? Stephen A. Smith, um, I think it was the same day that they found out about the hiring, uh, stated that he felt in very strong manners, and since then he's doubled down on it as well, and I do respect him doubling down said that this hiring was the result of white privilege. Man. He went on to give context and say that no black coach has been presented with this type of opportunity in regards to immediate championship aspirations, hit the ground running with no experience, right? Um, which is what he was talking about. Now, I want to call him out on something because the day you talked about that, Stephen A. Smith, you did not use Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's name. Yeah. 
You did not say that that who you was coming at. You said you wasn't coming at Sean Marks. You said you wasn't coming at Steve Nash. But you also said that the climate of white privilege is what created it. Now, this is my thought process. We know guys like Mark Jackson, Jason Kidd. The only person I could think of was A.V. Johnson when he was handed, basically handed, the Dallas Mavericks the 60-win team. Tyloo? Um, Ty Lue as well. I mean, David Blatt was 30 and 11 at the time. There was no reason to fire David Blatt. Fired him. Boom, moved over. LeBron got shit for it, right? Didn't he? He got shit for using his black privilege. Black privilege. Using, using, but remember, at the time, the climate went like that. See, when you always on this level, you always see stuff like that. You don't have to wait to a climate change to say, well, because of this climate, people should be a little bit more sensitive to black people issues. No, motherfucker. People should always be sensitive to our issues because they always been there. So if you were going to have this, you didn't say anything about Thibodeau, who, even though New York is garbage, still the number one market. You didn't say anything about Thibodeau because the, 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 it was trash. Because it's, it's trash. World Wide West is behind the, the hiring. He ain't there fucking we go. World Wide West. So let me talk about this. If you want to make the argument that this is white privilege, then I'm going to make the argument to say if you feel that strongly about a black coach not getting interviewed, which Jock Vaughn was interviewed, but all these black coaches not getting interviewed and, 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 and a white coach being picked, didn't I just name Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's credentials? Oh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. But now more than ever in the league, especially because LeBron started. When LeBron left my Cleveland the first time he started, what I'm getting ready to say. You cannot tell me guys with credentials like that who chose Brooklyn and the management didn't even know they picked the team. This is a team... That management didn't even know two guys were coming to their team. So they found out. Didn't even talk to them about it. Just was like, yo, we coming to Brooklyn. So you mean to tell me guys that make that kind of decision in your organization, you didn't consult with? You mean to tell me that they didn't sign off on this? Woke-ass Kyrie. And I love Kyrie. That's my dog. But flat-earth Kyrie. Aboriginal Kyrie, start our own league Kyrie, you mean to tell me that he didn't have the post to say, well, there's some black coaches out there that we would at least like y'all to interview. Yeah, the, the one that I'm going to sit out the season. This Kyrie. is sit out the season, Kyrie. This is woke as fuck, Kyrie. Do Kyrie you mean West. to tell me? You mean to tell me? That none of these brothers couldn't say, hey, you know what, man? We love what Jacques Vaughn did. Matter of fact, the last championship I won, Kyrie Irving, was with a black coach. The only championship I won. You understand what I'm saying? Kevin Durant from Chocolate City, and he from D.C. So, hold on, hold on. And so, then Kyrie won a title with one of the coaching candidates that's out right now. So, what I'm saying is... These brothers got the power that if they wanted a brother to coach them, they could have said, listen, I'm going to be real with y'all. We want Tyron Lue. They, yeah. they play us. We want Tyron Lue. They pick the fucking team without letting the owner know. How the hell the owner going to pick a coach without they say? 
Of man, uh, it goes back to what I was saying about how they going How is the owner gonna pick the coach without they say, and he didn't even know they was coming? Hmm. All right. Facts. That's power. So what I'm saying is, Stephen A. And anybody that agreed with him, you miss the point when you pull the spade before you should pull it. We have other things to fight for. And just like Charles Barkley said, should there be more black ownership? Should there be more? Absolutely there should. But the NBA is not a league where you have to have a fucking Rooney rule. It's not that. The last time I saw black players ran that league in the sense of what we want, we get. Mm-hmm. It's not the NFL. It ain't just LeBron. You an MVP two-time champion. You, they ain't going to not make no decision without you. Or they're going to be at the bottom of the motherfucking barrel again. They ain't going to not make no decision without you. And I don't want to hear that, oh, well, they already got them by the balls, four-year term. They not making no Steve Nash decision without that. Now, Boyce Watkins gave some context. 16 of the coaches historically in the NBA that were hired without previous coaching experience, okay. nine of them have been brothers. Now, we all know, we all know, the one thing that I did not like that Stephen A. Smith is you. Steve Kerr did not walk into a championship team. When Golden State lost against, was it the Clippers they lost to that year? Clippers year when before. they lost to the Clippers that season, nobody said, yo, this team's going to win the chip next year. No. At best, you said they're probably going to be fourth, fifth. They may be the same seed, but they'll be a little bit better because of experience. Man. Steve Kerr didn't walk over to that team. And 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 they were a championship team. He made some tweaks based on systematic things that one of the reasons Mark Jackson got fired is because they wanted him to look and change in the offense, offense a little bit. Stale as fuck. Okay. Them guys went from dribbling uh dribblers that were good shooters to fucking all-time great shooters just because they stopped dribbling so much. Put it system. So give it context when you say certain stuff. Give it context. Steve Kerr didn't walk on a team who already had an MVP, a finals MVP, three championships between them. He didn't. Man. He actually, when they won the championship, no one on that team, including himself, had had previous championship experience as a coach. They all won the championship new. They all won it as new. Now, at the time, we're looking at it like the ascension. We got this brother coaching these young brothers. They, they, they ascending. You know what I'm saying? That's fucked up, man. He got fired. That's fucked up. But when you go behind the scenes and you give it context and you say, well, shit, they, they told him to look into this. Same thing with Tibbs in Chicago. Same thing. Same thing. Doug Collins reached out for him to improve the offense. He was stubborn. Didn't want to do it. Got fired. Same thing with Tibbs. All I'm saying is we got to know when to fight and when not. To fight Stephen A. Smith. And I don't think that this is the result of white privilege when you got two brothers that I know for a fact and you said yourself for a fact signed off on it. So then the other day when the remarks come out about what you said, you go, I was talking about Kyrie and, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. No, the fuck you wasn't. Man. If they wanted a black coach, they would have a black coach. If they wanted whoever they wanted to coach, whoever the fuck it would be, whoever. If they wanted a black coach, they would have a black coach. Stop the bullshit. No coach outside of Phil Jackson walked on to a ready-made situation. And guess what? Even when he came to L.A., 
Kobe wasn't a, a former MVP or the championship. They was getting their ass beat. All the time. They was getting their ass whooped. They just got swept by Utah. So give me some place in the history of the NBA that 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 a white coach walked into a championship situation. I understand what you're saying. Oh, a brother would not ever get that chance, and this, that, and the third. Well, brothers had a chance to give a brother that chance. Man. Brothers had a chance for you to not say what you said. One of his homeboys must have not got hired for the position or something like that. That's brothers, what it was. Brothers had a chance hmm. to give a brother a chance, and they did not do that. So if you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at Kyrie Irving, be mad at Kevin Durant for not reading the room. But who? 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 Who, who is your better candidate? With? If this is really an argument any fucking way. It's like, you know what, man? Since SAS got that big bread at uh, ESPN, right? And now it's like a social trigger thing. As you can see with all of these... Um, as I sat back and I, I started watching um, ESPN, because a lot of the ESPN talent went to FS1, right? So I see a thing kind of like this WWE wrestling AEW thing where there's a newcomer on the block and they're starting to turn heads, right? So it seemed like ESPN is bringing on these anchors, a lot of them are ex-players, and breeding them at the Stephen A. Smith school, right? Yes. To just come up with That's drama. why you hear Kendrick Perkins say stupid shit right? a lot. Uh, Marcus You're Spears. Absolutely correct. And they say, like, and it's like a bunch of social triggers. Richard Jefferson. And I, I see them turn, like, Jalen Rose, because he was one of the worst. Paul Pierce as well. One of the worst fucking commentators out here. Paul Pierce is. So it's like you were just saying things to grab headlines, and it took a life of its own, right? You thought it was going to be one of them SAS things where you go to raising your fucking voice and motherfuckers going to shut up. But no, because it was like a preposterous statement. And especially in this league. In this league where black players control, especially black star players, like in in recent years, you know what I mean? And so I will say this. This is what I will say. I feel some kind of way about anyone getting a coach. I mean, you think about it, bro. At the time, we say it now about the Brooklyn Nets, but when Jason Kidd got the coach, Paul Pierce, Kevin Durant, Joe Johnson, and all of them guys. Offer up. He had just got through playing two months prior. Literally took his jersey off and walked on to, and the, walked on to the court. Now, what I don't like is guys that don't have any previous experience and there's viable candidates out there and you don't even give them a look. That's a different story. The background on That's Steve what I don't Nash. like. The background on Steve Nash. Where was Steve Nash coaching at? Well, he was a consultant for Golden State. So, Golden you know, State. You the already relationship know the there with Kevin Durant. From. It comes from Kevin Durant. So, Again, man, because I'd be having... Sean like, Marks is his dude. They played together. So that's where that relationship issues, comes right? I'd be having these conspiracy theories like motherfucking KDV went over to Golden State to learn how to win, infiltrated the system with Steve Nash. You know what I'm saying? Put him in there as a double agent. He learned on, you know, how to coach it on the low. Because this is one of these biblical sports references. Like Jesus comes back like a thief in the night. I woke up to Steve Nash coaching the Brooklyn Nets. Remember I texted you? I was like, is this real type shit? It's kind of it's pretty crazy. Because it's like the smokescreen was Greg Popovich. So if Greg Popovich gets this coaching job, is it, it ain't, it ain't it's Stephen not an A. Issue? Smith don't even say nothing. Because he, done coach he didn't every- say nothing a couple weeks ago when it was a rumor. Yeah. You didn't say nothing there. And is Fizdale, bro, Fizdale ain't one shit. Is he really deserving of this shit? Tyron Lue, we've never seen him coach anybody outside of LeBron James. And when he did have a team outside of LeBron James, they booty. sucked ass. Right? Uh, Mark Jackson, yeah. He couldn't get them boys out the first fucking round. Who? Who? I don't know if Golden State wins 65 games if they keep Fuck Mark Jackson. no. They might know Bible verses better than any other team. But... 
No, they're not winning. So when this, again, this is just one of these preposterous SAS statements that he made that I'm just like, you just talking out your motherfucking ass. I don't know what's going on. Um, man, we're going to have to fire a mobile detailing intern. Nah, you good. But yeah, man, so I mean, that was just my piece on that. Um, oh. Shout out to uh, everybody in the bubble. I mean, shout out to Steve Nash for getting the job. Oh, congratulations, um, right? You know, point guards we know make the best coaches. But I do feel, I'm going to tell you, that some down the line, because Kyrie West is just Kyrie West. He's going to clash heads with this guy. It's going to happen. You're going to see, again, what makes us just, we just assume because it's Kyrie and KD, they just going to win a chip or going to be in contention. Half this shit don't fucking work. Honestly, I think it's, I think it's KD and Russell Westbrook 2.0. Right? Real with you. Exactly. <laughs> so why are we quick to make assumptions and just put that price on their head like that? You don't never know. The boy Giannis might go to Miami next year and just, it's a wrap. No, head top. But, uh, so, yeah, man, shout out to everybody in the bubble, the playoff games, you know, Lakers, we done tied it up last night, you know what it is. Um, right now, we're about to get into our final segment, but I want to transition, um, doing a Venn life. Yeah, man, my bad, guys, I transitioned earlier, I drank too much water, I had to go use the bathroom. I'm sorry. So, we're gonna put our sponsor, Venn Life, up, let my man A do his thing, and we will be back with Low Smitch to round this thing off, y'all. Oh, man, I was speaking of VinLife. I thought you was going to run the commercial. I'm doing live VinLife today. Go ahead and subscribe for all of your local nationwide services to get a discount from a like-minded community in VinLife. That's V-Y-N-N Life. VinLife has a custom sponsorship for individuals like yourself who are looking services locally here, like getting your hair cut, your nails did. Man, you can find real estate there. I'm talking about you can find good food. There's a lot of things in the community. If you're about supporting the community... You can go ahead and support VenLife. When you check out, go ahead and put the code MUD in. We're doing this thing live. I appreciate you, VenLife. Shout out to my man, Derek Powell. And we back. Wow, we back, man. This ball head intern we got now is better than the last one. So uh, I have the privilege of this week to go ahead and continue the soul contract segment that we've been doing. Again, because we've been talking about 2020 and the new normal. Uh, one thing that, you know, a couple years ago, me and this gentleman right here to my left, this is Carlos Los Mitch Mitchell, you know what I'm saying? Head of Superior Mobile Detailing, one of our sponsors, holla at the boy. You know, I'll give, let you give all his information here at the end as always. He's a recurring guest with us. But a couple years ago when I was going through a thing with myself, I was coming out of a divorce, you know, I was uh, in my early 40s or just turning 40. Um, I was like, man, I had to make myself what I felt like a better individual. So we coined this phrase of, you know, building a better Mr. Matthews. And for a man to become a better person, they had to become better physically, spiritually, spiritually financially, financially, and mentally, mentally, and emotionally. So when we talk about spirituality here, man, uh, we talk about soul contracts. And the soul contract is something you sign before you come into this earth, right? And details of that soul contract, you pick your parents when you're born, your siblings, and today's topic, which is... Your soulmates, hmm. right? A lot of times we often think of soulmates only in the loving type of realm Anybody. of relationship, but it could be a friend, cousin, a family Anybody. member in that term, but it more so much impacts when we talk about soul ties, which we'll talk about today. Soul ties, sex demons, bad frequencies, right? And entities. Um, STDs. Ooh, boy. Sex and transmitted demons. physical type. But the spiritual ties. So when we speak upon this, as we talk about soul ties, um, 
a soul tie is something that's been around since people have been around, right? Um, since the invention of man. And it happens when people are involved intimately and you're involved intimately for long periods of time because you effectively become one another. Your souls become tied. They become binded, right? And a soul tie is something that, you know, I believe happened to me. Uh, again, this is why we coined that phrase. I was coming out of a marriage, and I was married for five years, and I was kind of obsessed with a the person. This, these are the, the a few of the symptoms of having a soul tie. Like, you just constantly think about a person. You can hear their voice in your head, right? For some people, when they're about to get intimate and do the damn thing with other people, they see this see person, right? And this person uh, can fuck up your new relationships. Yes, indeed. Right, because they're in your head. You are literally soul tied. Um, and a couple of ways that are, you know, looking up and researching how to break these soul ties, because, babe, yeah, I feel like I was in a bad, bad, bad one, um, was first acknowledging it. You have to acknowledge that it's there, it's presence. A lot of people don't believe in magic, but it's real. It's definitely real. It's definitely real, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then you have to figure out what are you going to do about it. Right, I was watching a documentary this weekend in South America. The shamans, they have this potion called ayahuasca. And what ayahuasca is, it separates you from your soul ties, your relationships that you've made in life that are bad. Usually only the shaman itself drinks it, but now it's become kind of like a tourist attraction, guys, and people are drinking it. And ironically, one of the only places you can get it in America is Orlando, Florida. A church has it here. Um, but it's a psychoactive drug. Of course, it causes you to go into different realms. Um, but it's one of the ways because it may cause you to vomit as you throw up your impurities and your negative toxic ties. Uh, that's why people frown up, down upon it. Like me, I ain't fucking with it for that reason. Um, that's another way. Uh, you have to forgive the person, number three. Forgiveness is a, is a thing. You have to forgive yourself as well, right? Forgiveness is a hard thing though, right, man, yeah. guys? And sometimes you have to forgive a person more than one time. You might have to forgive them, forgive, 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 until you really believe it, because all this is based upon faith. Mm-hmm. Right? And number four is get rid of all ties, any objects you'd have to the person, pictures, letters, things of that nature, because they carry that same energy and frequency. Yeah, burn that bit, boy. Release it. Burn get, it. Get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I learned about soul ties. And again, this is my homie, man. Um, we went through spirituality changes, becoming woke, whatever the fuck you want to call it, man. I just feel like getting in touch with the source. Um, he helped me through that. What is your opinion, man, on, on, on soul ties? And say your what up to the mud slangers here, you yo, feel me? Yeah, 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 It's your boy Lil Smith, man. Just go by the voice of the people um, in my other days. Uh, yeah, but um, this whole soul ties thing, man, um, at the end of the day, we have to understand that, number one, sex is not anything that is physical. Sexual magic, right? It's way more deeper than anything physical. It's actually a spiritual transference, you know what I mean? So even having sex with someone for a long period of time, you can actually pick up their karma as well. You know what I mean? Things with them that happen with them can be tied to you and attached to you as well. You know, I don't know if people know this. Like, if you ever been in a situation where you were doing good, but when you met this person and you started engaging with them sexually, um, you started noticing that certain things in your life started changing. Like you started not being able to pay your bills on time. You started losing little stuff. And you noticed you were having different habits and picking and doing different things that you wouldn't normally do. Energy flowing different. You know what I mean? That is you 
done picked up shit from them. You know, we're going to put it in layman's terms. You, you get bad luck, bitch. Basically. Whatever ties to them get tied to you and so on and so forth. And it gets even deeper than that. Because whoever they done been with previously, if they have not done Their a cleanse, uh, uh, a soul tie, be pretty much sever. Severing them soul ties. Mm. They have not severed those soul ties. Those soul ties are still attached to them. And then when you engage with them, they become attached to you as well. Exactly. So that's why you have to be careful about who you're sharing your sexual energy with. Because... People, and even I, back in the day, thought that, you know, we had sex with a chick, and, or they put you to sleep. We thinking, mm. boy, she put it on me. But you know what, really what was going on? They probably didn't know it, but they energetically drained you. They sucked your soul out, literally. Some people what? are energy vampires that don't even know it. Bro, thank you for, I'm going to segue from what you just said, <laughs> energy vampires, right? Yeah. Because we're going into the second part of this when we talk about the STDs, the sexually transmitted disease. I mean, I'm sorry, demons. demons. And what was the name of the doctor again? Stella Emanuel, who talked about sex demons. It's basically, <clears throat> for those that remember, the doctor who was vilified about coming on national TV saying that there is a career, cure for coronavirus. So they tried to vilify her, right? They tried to vilify her with going and pulling up her old sermons that talked about sex demons and um, getting certain actual physical cysts and things of that sort from demon sperm. Mm -hmm. And they took that and they vilified her. You haven't heard from her since, but the ones that know, know. Yeah, well, if you know, you know. So when you were saying that, it made me think about something because you were talking about wet dreams. We talk about mm -hmm. these sex demons. If you guys don't remember, we're talking about sex demons a uh, sexual male demon is an incubus. A sexual female demon is a succubus. This is from 19th century Latin words incubi and succubus. I mean succubi. Right? These were demons that were originally, um, that would come to you. Men who would lie to you to sleep with you and impregnate you and, and bring other demons into the world. Or women who would suck your energy out. Right? And they would also come to you in your sleep. So when you have a sex tie with a woman, Right? Her spirit could come into your dream and still, when you're having these yeah, wet dreams, she's still in consuming your sexual yeah. energy. She's coming to you as an entity that you want to have sex yeah. with, right? And that's, again, when we're in the spiritual realm, too. There are only sexual entities out there that that prey and feed on your sexual energy. energy. And that's why she was saying in one of the clips, she was like, you ever wake up hot and bothered and everything, you know what I'm saying? And that, and that, the day before, you talked about how a man at work was so fine mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they that's what I'm saying. So when you think about something here, when we talk about meditation, which is great for mental health, yoga, y'all get back into that shit, I will. Um, when you are asleep, that is the deepest form of meditation you can have. Mm -hmm. You create your own worlds. That's how deep in meditation you are. Mm -hmm. So when you're in these worlds, you cannot really, your body doesn't know what's real or what's because you are in other dimensions. Yeah. And in these dimensions, again, we are crossing the astral plane, spiritual planes, right? Where there are entities. Mm -hmm. And these sexual demons. And shit's real, y'all. It's, it's really real. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people... That's why I say people run around here just having sex with every Tom, Dick, and Harry. And don't even understand you picking up everything that Tom had, Janice had, Paul had, what? Billy had, and whoever else had. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people are not aware of that type of energy and understanding that sex is more energy than anything. You know what I mean? Because... Everything is energy at the end of the day. 
You know what I mean? Like, this whole entire universe is energy and vibrations. Frequency. That's right? all it is. It's nothing more. It is nothing less. That's just all what it is. That's why we have so much power. Like, uh, if you folks believe in what goes around, comes around. Um, that's just energy being coming back to you that you put out there, whether good or bad. Manifested in the karmic law. That's all it is. You know what I mean? A lot of people say God blessed them in situations where they were having a hard time. In all actuality, all it is is that good energy that you put out that came back in your time of need. So, mm. you speak about the energy, right? And I want to piggyback on that. It's called karma. What we label it, right? The mm -hmm. Hindus label it as karma. You will notice, quote unquote, bad karma, bad energy before you notice good karma. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot longer mm -hmm. to come back around. When you fling that boomerang out, yeah. it takes a lot longer to come around. Yeah. And when you're talking about sex, a That's lot of people. Time real. Yeah, you feel yeah. me? That's that good karma coming back. Mm -hmm. When we talk about sex, and like you were saying, uh, knock me out, and a lot of people use sex as a stress reliever, right? But man's only fucking purpose on earth was to nut. Because yeah. the nut was to impregnate the woman, right? That's why, again, shout out to my homie Twan who put me up on this video about male ejaculation and shit like that and harnessing the power of that and how big... The universe was created on a big bang theory. That's a nut bust. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> so, again, when a man busts a nut, it takes him seven days to get back right. He's in a fog. When you bust a nut, the next day your body goes through a, a, a low. So you're in a foggy, hazy state. You can't really make decisions and shit. You know the day after you done bust up, had a, a good bust up the next day, you buying a bit of breakfast, you doing all kind of mm -hmm. shit. Oh, you want that bag, baby? Yeah, because you can't think straight. you like, fuck this shit. Mm -hmm. Right? Which is why they say no sex during physical... Like boxing, you know, like if you yeah. boxing and stuff like that. It's power when not ejaculating. So look, think it's about a whole that lot though. Of power. It is because again, Kevin, it takes Kevin you. Kevin Gates talked about that too. Yeah, it's a whole lot of power. Um, uh, semen retention, I think. Semen yeah. retention. If you're having sex three to four times a week, your mind can never ever get right because right when it's coming back into that period, it takes the fourth day before your mind is back out that peak to where you're back at peak, you know, thinking. You having sex again? She draining you again. Yeah. And right back again. So you're kind it's of always stuff. walking around in a state of cloudiness and you don't even understand it. It leads to mental disorders, leads to death. It leads to a lot of things. You motherfuckers separate from family, a lot of things that you don't even know the underlying issue of this this entity, this uh what do they call them shit's uh bacteria parasite mm -hmm. stuck to your soul mm -hmm. and you can't get rid of it. Yeah, like my god used to tell me all the time, like, baby, you can't give a woman everything you got. And I understand what she's saying. Mm. It's true. You can't give them all of your sexual energy. Like, you can't because, again, you lose a part of yourself. Again, because you're giving away a part of yourself. You know, so it's so important for women to understand their universe. Because at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, me, I done, I done took a trip with shrooms. And as I was on my trip, and my higher self was speaking to me and basically was like, hey, your mother is no, no more than a portal that was used for you to come and have this human experience. To bring you back. Part of the you soul I mean? contract. Because we pick each and every thing that we're actually going through. Right now. Like, we have already actually signed that contract. So, a lot of people's situations, spiritually, they're there because that's what they chose. Bro. You know what I mean? It's not that people are just born into poverty. No, you, you chose that. to come through that and have that experience. To go through that route. Maybe next time, 
you're going to choose to go through the experience of coming through in a family that is not impoverished. Exactly. So it's kind of like the Buddha experience, right? Yeah. Where you came back uh, your whole life, you was rich, so you chose to come back in an opposite way. Whether this is the hundredth, the experience, the first time or the hundredth time or the thousandth time we've come back in this soul contract. That's so interesting you said that, that your mother is nothing but a portal because that's what you, we... We pick these people to bring us back in these states, right? And that too. When we're thinking, again, when you're talking about, you know, the higher state of being, when we're talking Mm -hmm. about thinking with the, if I'm correct, it's called the root chakra. That's when you're like, oh man, won't he do it? God bless me. When you don't even know that you've caused with so much of your chakra right here, the purple chakra, your root chakra, you are creating your life, right? And then, the devil trying to get at me. No, that's. You're thinking from your lower lower self. lower self, right? Lower vibrations are controlling your life. Think about something, right? When we go, man, there's so much hurt and sadness in the world. That emotion isn't you. Mm-hmm. The world does not have emotions. Exactly. You are projecting what's inside of you to your exterior. So where we create this world and go back to the soul contract. Man, I had an experience wow. and I didn't understand it, right? Because we, we, we so much never understand experience. And brother said something to me so profound and it was like you have to go and it was so simple right you have to go through this to get to the next part but it is true because we wrote it in this whole contract you don't like how many times do you go through something bro you don't even know why you're going through it and then when you pop out on the other side you're like oh shit and you come up with like this big ass epiphany yeah right and it's like it just changed your whole outlook but if i didn't go through this little bullshit right here right so again us three, just friends. When you have friends who are in your life that you know have been in a long period of life. Me and Los, I've known this guy since I was nine years old. Since 1987, <laughs> right? But we've parted. I moved to Altamont, came back, yeah. Sanford. You know, different routes, but always come back together because our sole purpose has yet to be fulfilled. We wrote in our contract. And guys, this sole contract is just like a real contract. You real can ad- ad- amend is that the word? Look, I mean, you're yeah. you're in the contracts, right? Twan? You can amend this contract. Your soul agents can amend this contract and your soul purpose. Just like when you put in an address in a GPS and it tells you to go left, but you know for a fact if I go right, right. it's gonna bring me back. It's, it's gonna, gonna bring me quicker. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna recalibrate. So you Same take that way right. Life. It just depends. You go that end is gonna be that end. Always gonna be that. Might but take you can longer. choose how you get there. Yeah. And we think of things as like when people commit suicide or deaths. Uh, uh, when people die, that oh, it's thing. bad. But or that they're was, going to hell. No, there's their soul exit, and we talk about that as well. For like people who get murdered now, there's 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 outliers and everything. For people who get murdered, their soul was taken out of this 3D going into 5D world before its soul exit. Mm-hmm. So it has to have the therapy because of the trauma in this world mm-hmm. before it can come back. Guys, come on, have you watched the movie Ghost? You don't remember the guy in the subway? Yeah. He was in trauma. He yeah. couldn't accept that his death had happened because it was yeah. before his exit point. Mm-hmm. right? Just like we talk about reparations and how we need the therapy more than we need the money to recondition us. Because once you recondition us, it's the same thing with the soul. And again, whether this is your first time, your hundredth time, your thousandth time, your millionth time of coming back, your soul is here for you to go through a purpose, mm-hmm. to learn something. You are not a human body with a spirit, you are a spirit having a human experience. Exactly. And people got to stop being so caught up in this 3D dimension because actually at the end of the day, it's over. everything over. that you're seeing is an illusion. It's an illusion to think that voting for this president is going to change something. It's not. They still work for the same people. We're coming into a time that if you're not spiritually in tune, you're going to basically live hell on earth. 
because too many of us are caught up in this 3D world when the Earth's vibration has risen. The vibration has, you know, gone up. Elevated. The, uh, the, fre the frequencies have elevated. You know, a lot of things have elevated, but a lot of people still live in this 3D Earth instead of the 5D Earth. See, the 5D Earth is spirituality. It's spiritual. It's you tapping into your intuition and allowing your intuition to guide you. Not off of what you see. Allowing your intuition, which is your gut. You know, if you feel something in your stomach, say so you got this sick feeling in your stomach, or you get this scared feeling in your stomach, that's your intuition warning you. And you know your biggest intuition warning is anxiety. When you go to have an anxiety, when you encounter someone, that's your intuition warning you. Like, hey, this person is not a part of your path. They're not for your highest good. Mm. Go the other way. Don't keep going thinking, oh, because they gave it a medical term for anxiety, but it's really spiritual. It's your intuition. That's your inner guidance system being able to warn you. Is that and your once spider we sense? turn, pretty much, your spider you sense? know what I mean? Like, once we learn to tap more into the spiritual side of things, we wouldn't pay so much attention to the Man. things that's going on in this 3D world. Because we understand that it don't matter at the end of the day. What really only matters is your vibration and your energy. Because your vibration and your energy is what's going to depict what happens in your world. And as we take that and begin to wrap up this episode, it's true, man. When you realize how big of sex magic is a part of your life and magic itself and uh, the soul contracts and things that you are calibrated to do, you'll start to look at your world a little differently, right? Uh, you won't have the frequent uh, casual sex. You'll start to think more about your encounters with individuals in every day and the frequencies and the vibrations you're putting off yourself. Um, man, it's big, man. I'm on this purpose shit this year, man. I'm on you know, mental health and trying to get people to that state where they're realizing who they are because the world, I'm starting to feel like, recalibrates itself every hundred years and that's what it's done. Um, and it's just recalibrating us to really return to our sole purpose and find out who we are. You know what I mean? I'm going to go ahead and uh, kind of get a group shot in here of my G. Uh, I'm going to scoot over to the to the left, to the left, like Beyonce, and get my G. Twandy, the student in here, to finish it out because he's the only one who knows how to control the product. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, oh, there it is. With that being said, we've thrown up the championship banner. Follow us on Instagram at Mud Podcast. Follow us on Apple Music at Mud Podcast. Go ahead and send them donations all the way through Cash App at Mud Podcast One. Hey man, I appreciate my player partner, uh, Low Smith. Man, in incredible, incredible segment by the brother. Man, I can't wait to clip it out. And uh, I think that one's gonna be that one's gonna be really heavy, man. I want to promote that one and continue this series and, and create form. So uh, great show, uh, in depth. Conversation talk, Los Mitch. We appreciate you for appreciate always you for coming through. Man. Um, listen, man, we out of this thing, episode 61. I'm gonna let my man go ahead and take it on out, but I'm one half of Mud 20 the student. Y'all be easy. Hey, Peace. man, episode 61, six plus one equals seven. This definitely was a soulful episode. As always, we appreciate y'all for everything. Stay blessed, go forth, do great things. Yes, uh... 